0: Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zentner Geology Podcast, Episode 79, Pop-Up Geology. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I welcome you to another one of these audio episodes where the guy sits in his basement at O-Dark-30, whatever the phrase is, It's very early on a Monday morning here in early November. We just turned our clocks back an hour uh, this past weekend. And so it sure feels like wintertime just from the darkness alone. And I was out on a field trip yesterday and I want to report on that. And that kind of gets us to this idea called pop-up geology, which is a format I've been experimenting with this summer and want to continue because I think there's a lot of promise. So I not only want to describe the what I think is a unusual idea that seems to be working. So this is more of a, I guess, a teaching methods podcast. That's a dumb way to say it, but, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is... Uh, Maybe you're saying, boy, the last few episodes, maybe even more than the last few, this guy's not really talking about new geology anymore. He's just talking about crashing a field trip and going to a conference and other things. Like, is he ever going to get back to, like, sharing new scientific research? The answer is yes. This coming Saturday. Oh, boy. Didn't even look up the date. Let me do that real quick. This coming Saturday... November thirteenth, twenty twenty one, at nine a.m. Pacific time. I'm going to start a new live. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to start a new live stream series, and uh, I'm just ramping up on the geology content. Um, but I'm announcing that here first. I haven't announced it on YouTube yet. I'll probably be doing that later today or tomorrow. But uh, the last two weeks I've been kind of playing with. Uh, technology and ordering a few things last minute and on Amazon. In fact, I've got a box on the kitchen table I need to bring to school today and test that out. It's a video switcher. No big deal. So there'll be kind of a new look uh, to this new live stream series starting this Saturday, November 13th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And it's going to be one of those alphabet series things. And if that sounds familiar to you, I was Year a year ago, talking about exotic terrains, and my idea was to have a series of live streams, YouTube programs, in other words, video, uh, where people could join us live and ask answer uh, ask questions uh, late uh, in the programs, and I say hi to people at the beginning, and it's kind of interactive that way, just in the live chat. But this coming. A to Z series, so in other words, I like the format, I want to do the 26 shows again, I want to do it this winter, because what else is there to do, good lord, man, it's so dark here, Um, I'm going to work on the Eocene, and the focus will be the North Cascades here in Washington, uh, for reasons I've discussed in prior radio episodes, Um, I want to teach myself some new stuff. I think if you're a veteran of this radio series, you know that once I get into that live stream business, all of my energy goes to that. So I kind of disappear (laughs) with the radio episodes. I just don't think to sit down here uh, and uh, record these audio episodes. So it it might be a while before I, I check in with you next. But I think I'm inviting you, if you have an interest to join us for these live streams, and you're like, I've never really seen these before. You keep talking about them in the radio series, but I've never really sat down and watched them. Well, maybe maybe this would be something that would uh, be interesting to you this winter, and I'm going to do two of them a week. I haven't decided yet about the second day. I need to figure that out in the next couple of days, basically, but I do know that I'm, uh, Session A of the Eocene A to Z live stream series will be beginning this this coming Saturday morning 9 a.m. and I'll I'll explain why that time and all that sort of thing it'll be from the uh, lecture hall so the look will be similar with the chalkboards and everything else uh, that I used for geology 101 live streams this past winter geology 351 uh, this past spring but there'll be some new twists with this new technology that I've figured out. And I'll I'll let that all speak for itself. But that's not our topic today. Our topic today with this radio episode is pop-up geology. So I, I feel like it might be helpful, especially for other people who teach. But I don't know, just in general, it might be interesting to you to hear uh, what got me to this idea of a pop-up geology event. And and what happened when I tried it the first four times uh, uh, in the past few months. OK, so here goes. Here's the actual topic of the day. I guess that was a preamble, huh? Uh, the, the pop-up thing. Sorry, the uh, Eocene uh, live streams, that's the, that's, the, that's the ramble. Now let's, let's get to the, the main rambling. OK. So yesterday, for the first time in two years, we were out in the field with a bunch of folks here in Washington. Um, And the background is, there's a guy my age named Carl Lilquist. And Carl has been at Central Washington University, like I have, uh, for the past 30 years. Um, Our kids are best friends with each other. Uh, those, Those Lilquist boys were up at our house all the time. They live a block away and Carl and I have been kind of plugging away doing our thing for for our whole careers. He's a geographer, a physical geographer, uh, and if you know about geography and geology, you know quite often there's, there's some overlap, especially if you're on the physical geography side of things. There's a lot of overlap, and Carl actually was an undergraduate here at CWU back in the 80s, and he double majored in geography and geology, and so he He speaks my language, um, but he also gets into land use and soils and, I don't know, rock glaciers, other things, that uh, landslides, things that I don't have a lot of interest in. So going back to this guy Tom Foster, who I've mentioned on occasion, it was Tom Foster who contacted the geology department, what was that, 15 years ago, and Tom was a private citizen, worked in agriculture, but he was newly interested in the Ice Age floods, and he said to the, geog- the geology department, pretty much me, I didn't know Tom, he said, why don't you, st- well, can we start, I think he said, can we start, Tom and me, can we start a new chapter of something called the Ice Age Floods Institute, and, and uh, I'll bring all sorts of energy to it with my photography, and I'll do something on, uh, I'll make a website, which turned out to be hugefloods.com, which still exists. And yes, Tom's the guy that passed away right at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, who I've talked about before. So I mention that here because we did start an Ellensburg chapter of the Ice Age Floods Institute. It was the first time I was formally doing things with the people in the public, what, with with the general public we were hosting evening lectures but right from the start it was more than tom foster and i i asked carl loquist if he wanted to do this and he was up for it so it was really the three of us tom carl and myself and i'm i should have looked this up but i think it was like february of mm, february of 2007 that's my best guess i'm pretty sure that's right february of 2007 and you know, that's that's a while that's a while a while ago now, so we're putting stuff in the newspaper. <laughs> uh, please come up to CW's Lynd Hall in room two fifteen and we'll uh, we'll have an evening session to explain what the Ellensburg chapter is and you know, I I expected I hadn't done any public outreach to that point, so I, I think I expected twenty people or something to show up. Well the room was packed that first night. Hundred people in this crammed into this room that only holds seventy. And I was like, hold on here. What is going on? And, and again, I wasn't a, a, a uh, I wasn't out there in the public pretty much at all. There was one little TV show I was doing locally called Central Rocks, but I don't think that was the reason people showed up, that people were just hungry, you know, typically retired people, hungry for some something to do in the winter, number one, uh, involving geology and And um, so quickly we started having guest speakers come in from, uh, I kind of forget, but, so we had five, is that true? Yeah, we had five evening lectures every year during the school year that Carl and I hosted. And so we had some momentum going and I was communicating with an email list. Well, pretty quickly that turned into field trips and we did four public field trips. We chose a Sunday. Sunday is a day that we thought, Carl and I would not have as many conflicts as we would other days. So Sunday didn't work for some people, of course, but we had these Sunday field trips, and they were full-day field trips. And uh, Carl would do two of them a year, and I would do two of them a year. Again, we'd communicate with this email list. And um, to give you an example, um, I would lead a field trip over to Frenchman Cooley, and. We would carpool from CWU Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. It was mostly just people from the county uh, that would come. Maybe 50 people were there and I would create some handouts and we had copies of the handouts and uh, everybody was you know, going from stop to stop. If you've been on a geology field trip before, you're familiar with the experience. And um, so Carl did his trips as well. So it was typically Carl in September I would usually do the first weekend in November, right before the snow hit. Uh, typically, the Sunday that we just changed our clock, so it was always kind of weird to be having it dark at five o'clock. And, uh, and then Carl would do April, and I would do June. And that was the case for more than a decade four field trips a year, lots of reps. Uh, lots of practice dealing with teaching in the field. This is all in addition to what we typically do with our central students, of course, which is going out in the field as well. So it's not like this is the first time we dealt with field stuff. Well, to make a long story short, over the years, uh, so now we're into the 2010 and 2012 and 2015 and 2017, we're still doing these trips and we're still hosting these evening lectures. and. by this point, I'm doing more stuff uh, on YouTube, uh, and I'm doing things with Tom Foster and making the two-minute geology and that sort of thing. And so, I think mostly because of my visibility, uh, but also just word of mouth, you know, uh, there were more and more people coming on these field trips. So maybe. I think one trip I did, I led up on Old Blewett Pass, and there was some gold. You know, the first stop was in Liberty, and we were talking to Rob Reppin, the gold miner, and Wes Engstrom, the local historian. And I think there were 150 people or something at, on this trip, and we had, I don't know how many. It was, it was absolute circus. I think we had like 70 cars or something trying to snake their way up Old Blewett Road. <laughs> So even then, I'm thinking, okay, we got to come up with something else. This is getting too big. It's great that everybody's interested. Again, mostly old people, but now we're getting younger families and other things. This is all pre-pandemic. Okay, let's move it along. The pandemic hits. The lockdown. Coronavirus. 2020. Okay, we got it. We know it. We know the drill. So that all stops. I think our last... Evening lecture hosted was by Joel Gombiner, who was talking about Moses Cooley and his new research. That was February of 2020. Carl was all set to do a field trip in April of 2020. I remember talking to him at, right at the beginning of the coronavirus thing, and I'm like, "Oh, shall we like postpone your trip by a month or something?" Thinking, you know, <laughs> I think we were all thinking that, weren't we? Like, this will pass. Like, just let's wait a couple weeks. <laughs> I don't, I don't know and hey, you know, here we are two years later and we're just finally getting back to some of this. We're still not hosting public lectures. I'm not sure we'll ever go back to it, to be honest. So anyway, that's when I started the YouTube uh, live stream business and uh, re-upped my uh, effort here with the, the radio programs. And so we haven't led any field trips in two years. Uh, we certainly haven't hosted public talks for two years. And we're just now, November of 2021, uh, getting back to the field trip stuff. So we're finally to the pop-up thing because this past summer uh, I got together in Carl's backyard and I said, well, what are we doing? Are we going to get back to this? He says, uh, and he just replaced a hip, you know, so he's got to wait till November till he's properly uh, healed up. He said, well, how about I do November? That's usually your time, Nick, but uh, how about I do November? And I want to go up Grand Coulee, and that's where we were yesterday. It was uh, it was one of those late fall days. I mean, overcast, kind of steely gray skies, a steady, felt like 20 mile an hour winds. Uh, that was sour. Just it was tough to stay warm. And and we had people from all over. People drove over from Seattle. People drove over from Court d'Alene. at one point, Carl's like asking me, like, why are people, how is it that people are coming from so far away? I don't get it. And I'm like, huh, yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder, Carl. So I think we had maybe 60 people and 25 cars or something. And uh, it was cold, but that was a hardy group. they I don't think anybody bailed. I think everybody was with us to the end. We were looking at Glacial Lake Columbia sediments and Lake Brett's all that sort of stuff. Okay, so the point is, last summer when we're talking about getting back to doing field trips for this group, I said, uh, well, Carl, this is going to sound the wrong way, but I think I'm going to say it out loud. I think if I lead, no offense, Carl, I think if I lead a field trip, we're going to have 300 people. Even if I don't put it on Facebook and everything else, uh, YouTube, I mean just my email address, I think there's been enough loyal viewers of what I've been doing that I think if I'm leading a trip, I think it's going to be out of control. You remember when we went up Old Blewett and we had 150 people and, and you know whatever it was, 60 cars, and he's like, oh yeah, that was ridiculous. I said, I think we're going to get that easily and maybe double that. And he's like, oh, come on, get over yourself. Seriously? And I'm like, I, I, I think so, but I, I, I'm not sure. So how, I saw, in other words, I said when I was talking to Carl in his backyard, I've got a new idea that would maybe, at least for my field trips, uh, let me try this new idea called pop-up geology. And here's the explanation, Carl. I'm talking to him, but I'm also talking to you if you haven't seen these. How about, this is my idea then, instead of doing a carpool trip where we have this caravan of vehicles and it's the full day and there's all sorts of logistics to deal with and people. We ran out of handouts. Do we have any handouts left? All that sort of thing. I said, how about this? I pick one spot. I announce through the email list and my YouTube channel the location of the one spot, you know, GPS. People can punch it into their phones and they can find it. It might be out in the middle of nowhere. It might be in some overlook that's in a state park or whatever. But I need pretty much three things uh, to select a spot for me to do what I'm going to call pop-up geology. I need to have cell coverage because I want to live stream the talk. I'll have a tripod. I have my iPhone. I have a little uh, uh, lapel microphone. And um, so I want to record it live so that people can watch virtually. Plus, the real hope is that I can have people there. I can have people sitting there. So uh, I need cell coverage. I need a place that has a big, broad view that's beautiful so that there's multiple things to talk about. It just can't be one little outcrop with a couple of columns of basalt, and that's it. That's not going to be enough for a full program. So I need, you know, I need a sweeping vista where there's maybe ice age floods to talk about. Columbia River basalt lavas to talk about, uh, maybe a fault. Uh, maybe a landslide, maybe, you know, just basically interpreting a view. So the gimmick of the pop-up, I'm getting excited now, just talking about it. I've done four of them. They work. I want to do a bunch more. Next spring. The reason I think it works, let me finish my thought. I need cell coverage. I need a view. I need parking. <laughs> and... Uh, The four pop-up geology events I have done, um, I think the first one was at 8 o'clock in the morning. I mean, I really wanted to test this idea. So I said, okay, how... I don't want it to be super huge the first time because I don't even know what I'm doing. So I'm going to purposely pick a time uh, that's not going to work for most people. (laughs) I'm going to... Announce this 48 hours in advance. That's also the gimmick. So I have to check the weather. I want it to be excellent conditions. So we minimize the bad weather. We minimize the uh, traveling around by cars. We minimize the Distractions from all this this getting from point A to point B to point C and having the thing go on for 8 hours, 9 hours, 10 hours. So the first pop-up event was in July. and That was during the stretch where we had triple-digit temperatures every afternoon. And I'm like, it's clear. The weather's good except for these frickin' temperatures. So I picked a Saturday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning almost like a joke, almost like a dare, like maybe I'll have 20 people, maybe I'll have 20 hardcore people uh, from central Washington that will bother to to show up live at an event where I said, here's the location on Babcock Bench overlooking West Bar, the nearest little town is Quincy, Washington, right by a cell tower, 8 o'clock in the morning, see you there. Well, I roll up in my car at 7.30. There's already 20 people there. And by the time I start, there's 75 people there at 8 o'clock in the morning. And that was the first time I had met with you know, many of these people who had been watching regularly over the last year and a half, you know, during the whole pandemic thing. People drove from Portland, Oregon, Eugene, Oregon. Some drove through the night. Some drove up the day before, stayed overnight, or camped, or whatever, and then and then they were right there. And the thing, one of the things I liked the most, is not the turnout, you know. So I'll just finish the thought there. So there's, you know, there were there have been three others. So I did uh, Babcock Bench overlooking West Bar. That was the first one. The second one was up on Lion Rock, which is uh, a remote spot north of Ellensburg up on Table Mountain. So you've got to drive an hour on these windy uh, forest service roads uh, north of Ellensburg. And then you have to park by uh, a little sign, uh, you know, real rustic stuff. And then you got to walk the last 20 minutes because the road's so rutted out, it's so bad. But I kept watching the weather. I kept waiting for the smoke to go away. So now we're into early September. I think it was early September mid September maybe finally the smoke the, the skies had cleared the forest fire smoke which had been thick for more than two months was gone and it was like the first bluebird day where you could see forever pretty much uh, since June and it, I just lucked out with that weather forecast and I think there were a hundred people up on Lion Rock again cell coverage Good live stream, looking at Stewart, looking down at the swale drainage, etc. The third one was so then I was then I was pretty jazzed, and I decided I wanted the next couple of pop-ups to be uh, accessible for everyone. If someone's in a wheelchair, if someone's uh, just not in good shape physically, but still wanted to participate, I said sure. Uh, third one's going to be at Ginkgo Petrified Forest Museum. The museum's closed. But there's a lot of parking right there at Vantage, Washington, overlooking the Columbia. And so uh, that one was uh, over 100 people. I didn't count. Is that true? Yeah, maybe 150 people. I kind of forget Again, I'm I'm broadcasting these. So there's hundred people, hundred and fifty people sitting there in their camp chairs. That's another thing. People all bring their chairs so they can sit. Just kind of if if they're nervous about the health conditions, they they you know have their mask on. Fine. They spread themselves out, not sitting directly next to somebody. Fine. If somebody's a little more bold and they're vaccinated and they want to shake hands or whatever, I'm fine with that. So, um, and the last one. Is uh, was down at Maryhill Stonehenge, a Stonehenge replica uh, in southern Washington, overlooking the Columbia River, looking across to Oregon. Uh, nearest town is Biggs Junction or Goldendale, Washington. So, um, I was I was very pleased. So back to my, what I was trying to say. I'm a little disjointed this morning. By the way, I don't know why. It's, it's early, but uh, otherwise. Uh, can't quite keep my stream of consciousness going here. That's even the wrong thing to say. What? Uh, Bear with me. I was telling Liz when I got home from, I guess, the last two, the thing that struck me more than anything, I think, is that I'm a known entity to pretty much everybody showing up. Like they've been with me live through the iPhone or through their television screen or their laptop or whatever. And they, they've seen enough of me to kind of know my deal. And what I'm trying to say is they would show up and not be high-maintenance people. I don't know how else to... De- I'm going to try, but I don't even really know how if I can describe this well. But there's a certain vibe of being there with that group of people. There's a certain... Um, energy there that's very positive, that's very welcoming, that's very open. There's a lot of chitter-chatter with their neighbors and that sort of thing, but there's really nobody just showing up like super, you know, high energy and like yelling loudly and like, where do I sit and where? where?" there's just kind of this mellow tone that I can only ascribe to kind of matching what they've seen in my backyard or whatever. And they also don't make a huge deal about, you know, um, monopolizing time with, with me, let's say. So they're aware that everybody wants to kind of visit a little bit. So it's I just I'm trying to say that it was it's, it's, it's a positive thing to be with uh, fans of the programs. And I guess it's similar to the field trips that Carl and I have led. But it, it, it's different, though. It's different now that I say that. It's, it's not the same. It's different backgrounds, it's different ages. Um, and I get this, I got the sense, and I think I'll continue to get the sense with these pop-up geology events that um, for some, it's it's not so much about the geology, but it's just kind of being with like-minded people. It, fe- it felt like a community, like a, like a, a truly kind of unique I hate it, but I'll say it. Organic community. And then we're all gone. Like it is kind of a flash mob in that sense where we I typically show up about 45 minutes ahead. I set up the tripod where I think I want to stand. Uh, check my bars of Verizon coverage on my phone. If it still looks like it's three or four bars, I'm feeling great. Turn the phone off. Sit in my chair. I'm just there by myself. And then over the next, you know, 45 minutes, people trickle in, visit with them a little bit. Ten minutes before we start the broadcast, I turn the phone on. I start, you know, concentrating real hard. People are trying to visit with me. I'm like, I, I got to I gotta focus here. I got to concentrate. And then I do my usual, hello, everybody, once the phone is starting to work. A bunch of people sit in their chairs or watching on their phone. They're watching the live comments come in from all over the world. It is unique, and I like it. I just like it. And, of course, I like it in part because I don't see anybody else doing it. I like doing things differently than everybody else. I think you've heard that a few times. And uh, I guess my last comment then is it worked. And so I was talking with Carl yesterday because he still likes his old school way of doing it, which, again, is what I described, that what Carl and I would do. With the format Carl and I would use for the last 15 years, which is again, reserve a a, pick a date like months in advance, regardless of the weather, you're doing it. Um, Caravan handouts, as I described in the pop up thing, that works for the real hardcore people. But quite often, everybody's standing out there in a gravel pit or something, and they're, they're, everybody's looking down at their handouts. They're not really using the views that are right out in front. You know? and I, it always struck me like part of the reason that we're on the field trip is to actually all look at the same thing and to kind of uh, kind of interpret what you're, what you're looking at. And so I'm really hitting that angle of it hard. Here's what a geologist sees. We're all looking at it together. So in other words, the last thing I'll say then is these live events, I'm reminding everybody when I start, there are no handouts. There is no homework. We're all going to be here for the next hour, and then we're all going to go home, and there'll be no trace of us. But when we're here, This is not a green screen behind me. You're all sitting here in this group of 200 people and you're all in your camp chairs and you got your drink and everything's fine. And it's nice weather because I picked it just 48 hours ago I announced this thing. And I just want to point out everything that I see in this view. And I'm careful in these pop-up events to have a little uh, structure to it. And I say that right up front. I say the first part of this, I'm not going to do any storytelling. I'm not going to do any geology. I just want to point out place names. And in the case of the Stonehenge, the last one I did, um, I didn't even know the area very well. So I had to do some homework on what the name of that point was and what what that little town was and what that road is. What's the name of that bridge? When was that bridge built? When was that dam put in? So it's just like, you know, just a little roll call of names and facts and figures. And again, if somebody's watching in Belgium, I want them to have a sense of what they're looking at. And I've heard from some viewers of the pop-up events who are watching in different countries, and they have two screens going. (laughs) They've got the the pop-up geology thing going live in front of them, and they've got Google Maps on their phone or on another monitor or something. And they're they're with us virtually. Kind of fun. So my last thought there is that I tell the audience at the pop-up event, we're not going to look at Andy handouts. I'm not going to draw anything for you. I didn't bring a chalkboard or a whiteboard. Or I'm not going to do anything like I normally do in a classroom or a, or a backyard series. Uh, I just want to use my words. In a way, I haven't said it. I don't think, but in a way, I want to combine what I've done with video and what I do with audio with you guys here in the basement next to the litter box. So, it, in other words, I've 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 been practicing describing things uh, on this audio podcast with just words, and I think it does have some power if if it's done properly. I don't know if I'm doing it properly, but. I think there's the potential to really communicate just with words. So this pop-up stuff is kind of a weird marriage between the video and the audio stuff that I've been doing. It's video. I'm, I'm showing the view, and I'm, I'm actually literally twirling the camera around on the tripod as I'm talking. I'm getting a little bit better with practice to kind of show some of the audience that's there when, they, when we get to the live Q&A. Uh, but I'm also swinging around and pointing the home viewers um, in the right direction with the phone so they can see what we're talking about. And it, I, I continue to practice that. I want it to work for both audiences, both the people at home and also the people there. I don't want to just talk into a phone for an hour and have the people come all the way out to sit in their chairs and watch me stare into a phone. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to multitask there, work with them in in the flesh but also work with the home crowd it works and i think there's even more potential with those so tentatively to finish this episode up for the next i don't know i guess through february it's november now maybe for the next 3 even 4 months I'm going to be doing these Eocene A to Z live streams. And again, I invite you to join us. You might enjoy them. And I probably won't be doing much here with the audio podcasts because I'll be focused on those live streams. But once we get out of winter and we return to some sunlight and we return to some green and some wildflowers, I'm almost sure that I'm going to be going back to the pop-up events. And I'm thinking April and May, which is my favorite time of the year anyway. Hell, I might do one a week. I might just get on a roll with these pop-up things. I'm not teaching Geology 351 this spring, so I'm going to be able to get out in the field more than usual anyway. But I've done enough pop-up stuff for these first four to know that it's a format that works, It might even work better, well, it will work better as I continue to get reps, just like everything else, as I get more and more practice. That's true for all of us, isn't it? The more you practice, the better you get. So, is anybody else doing it? No. Do I like it? Of course. Is it uh, an idea that just came out of the blue that has no context? No. And that was the point of this episode, to try to give you a background to see why I thought it was a good move to try these flash mob events as we are, quote unquote, coming out of the pandemic. I don't know. I don't know. Pop-up geology. Hey, I think I made it through this without getting angry. That's a first lately. Daddy's proud of himself. And I'm proud of you for listening all the way to the end of this. I sincerely thank you, dear listener, for checking in here. Not sure when I'll see you next, or hear you next, or what. I'm not sure when I'll talk into this microphone here next. but Maybe I'll see you on the live streams this winter. Thank you, I love you, and goodbye.